Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, does it matter that the Falcons at least talked about it? And the Hawks almost hawked, but the backcourt played Captain Saver, you know. <laughs> and last but not least, it for the culture. The women's game over the weekend gave me a feeling of nostalgia, both good and bad. That's all next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about all the conversations that we've had about Lamar Jackson as to whether or not he's going to come here or why the Falcons should take a look at him and all of those different things, right? But we seem to got confirmation over the weekend from um, uh, Arthur Smith on the Rich Eisen podcast he, that the fact that they actually did visit that conversation or they did have that conversation within the organization. Now, given that that's the case, I know you've always talked about at least having that conversation. So does this kind of confirm the feelings that you had when it comes to Lamar Jackson, how the Falcons should have handled it? It did. It really, really did. And it's interesting because you used the perfect word that I thought of. See, there's confirmation because I was never in favor necessarily of the Falcons going after Lamar Jackson because of they've done such a great job at working their cap space to a T and you know, it just felt like with all the holes, it would be darn near impossible to kind of get Lamar Jackson and fill the holes. You would not probably have a Calais Campbell or right. a David Onyemata or a Jesse Bates on this squad if you, you know, signed him. However, however, when a guy like that who's borderline generational player under center is available, yeah. you do have to have the conversation because the conversation speaks to due diligence. Now, football IQ and business acumen is what, ended up happening. That's why Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot did not proceed, proceed with anything with Lamar Jackson. But again, the conversation, I respect the fact that they had it and that it was at least a thought by the organization. Yeah. And, and that's like, because it's like, there's no doubt about, it's not a, a fact that, that you're comparing, I mean, comparing, excuse me, Lamar Jackson, Desmond Ritter from a play standpoint. There is no right. comparison. The dude's a, a league MVP, and he's a much more accomplished than Lamar Jackson. I'm not, I'm sorry, than Desmond Ritter is um, at this point in his career. So, right. But it's just a matter of, hey, the possibility of getting a generational talent. Do we need to visit this? Do we need to take this seriously? Do we need to dive in this a little bit more? And like you said, once you start to dig into it a little bit, you're like, okay, you know what? Given our situation, given what our cap situation is, given that we don't want to necessarily get into the whole 25% uh, of the cap being taken up at this point, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, how about, and we, and given also trusting our evaluations too, right? Yeah. Like, we, we just thought this guy just last year could be the guy that could be the face of our franchise. And we took him in the third round. So mm -hmm. I think with all those things 
being um, being considered and, and like you said due diligence is a great a great word a great phrase to use in this situation and I think that Falcons fans should be excited that they are doing their due diligence on on different scenarios and seeing how they will play out and taking their time and not being like the Cleveland Browns and saying oh we'll give you a 230 million dollar uh, guaranteed fully guaranteed contract yeah we'll throw that monkey in the wrench of what the NFL owners don't want so yeah it's just those are the type of things that you should appreciate at this point with Terry Fartnell and Arthur Smith are trying to do at this moment um, for this organization. And speaking of, you know, Calais Campbell actually got a chance to spoke, speak to the media today. And I got a chance to ask him, T, about, like, you know, I've been really intrigued by, like, what is the draw for these free agents that have the Falcons have signed. And I, I asked Mike Collins uh, the same question. And I asked um, Calais Campbell as well about what was your first impressions of Terry Farnell and Arthur Smith. And the thing that really stood out to me, T, was the fact that he said belief. And I think that people need to really understand, like, what that means because football players see through BS. Like, and, and people always wonder why, like, why does he like that media dude? Because he can see right through you. He can, uh, he can, the football players have a very good sense of people, right? Like a lot of football guys are, are people person, you know what I'm saying? Or people that they know how to deal with people. And I think that for a guy like Calais Campbell's, you know, of his, a guy like that, if for him to come in and say, you know what? I believe him. I understand what his vision is. I know what he's trying to do and I can see it. Not only he can tell me to it and I, and I believe it, but he said, I can see it as well. And I think when you talk about going through the due diligence or, or, or and, and figure out if this scenario works out for you and bringing in some, or going to a, a veteran and saying who he said that Atlanta wasn't on his list. Those were his words. And to have a, after a conversation and meeting the general manager and the head coach, I think that that says something about what the Falcons are trying to do in year three of this regime. Oh, that's huge. That is huge because for you to not be in the conversation and then vault yourself to the top of the conversation Indeed. and seal the deal it means something. Very, yeah. very impressive. And think about it. He could have been a was a viable candidate for even Super Bowl contenders and yep. said, thanks, but no thanks. What he's saying, in my opinion, is, hey, I've been there and I've done that, right? And I've seen winning. He teams. did it in Jacksonville. Seen, yeah. Exactly. Did, he did it in Jacksonville. He did it with the Ravens. He's seen what winning looks like. He's seen what winning looks like. And he's saying, to me, he's co-signing on saying that the Falcons look like they're going to be winners. And that doesn't mean we're saying that they're going to be, you know, Super Bowl contenders or going to head to the Super Bowl immediately. That's not what what winning means what he's saying is i'm not going to come to a franchise if they're basically going to be some four and 13 or five and 12 team like i'm not doing that to myself but what i will do especially for a guy who potentially will take on you know maybe 60 percent of the snaps if you will i want to know that when i'm yep. out there battling on the downs that i'm out there or the situations i'm in that when i'm off the field there are guys that can battle like they got guys that is so serious, Jarvis. When is the last time that anybody, especially a player of substance, has looked at the de the Falcons' defense and said, oh, we got guys. I got guys to compliment me. And looked yeah. at the Falcons' offense and said, it's good enough as well. Now, we know there it was an amazing offense with Matt Ryan. But again, you don't need that kind of productivity if yep. you have a real working, get-after-it defense. So I just love, like you said, all of the undercurrents 
of what his comments actually mean as it relates to where this franchise is headed. And a person who has been there and done all of that at the highest level is seeing it too. That's why he's here. And I've been saying that since day one. I don't mind that he was man of the year and that he's all about the community, but I'm going to need you to understand that you need to get after the quarterback and you need to take all 10 of these guys with you as you pursue. Yeah. And I think, and, and it all boiled down to what he said as well. This was a football decision. It ain't got nothing to do yes, with the Yes, that field. was my favorite. Oh, my like, come goodness. On. Like, you know, my like, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's keep my it 100. Like, yeah, it sounds baby. good. Oh, yeah, I could be in the mm-hmm. big in the community. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but, that's like, great. I want to win. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You talk about a yeah. big smile, Jarvis, when he said that it was a football decision. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it boils down to because all of the work that you do, I mean, I'm not going to name names. But there's another team in this town that has a guy who is outstanding in the community and whom I love as a human, who I don't want to see on their roster next year. Oh, because he's oh, not that? that guy. Oh, I said I that... wasn't saying name. Don't you don't, don't oh, no. is that a team? Oh. Shall remain name? <laughs> <laughs> not the Falcons, people. We're not talking Falcons. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I know we're talking about you. Yeah. All of that is great, but you have got to produce on the field or the yeah. court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You can be a nice person. That's fine. But like, I need you to play ball. That's why you're here. That's why you're getting paid. So you know. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what the Falcons are doing overall. Yeah. And, and I think that you know, Calais Campbell and his words today, uh, I, I think they confirm what we've already been kind of seeing. And like you said, those undercurrents of the conversations that we've been having with these uh, these players and these new Falcons, I think it's going to be something that is going to pay dividends. Once September gets here, you know what we don't have to worry about getting here? The Braves. They won a series against the Washington Nationals. They lose on Sunday. But, hey, you know, they won the first two of the series. And I think that, you know, it is a lot. there are a lot of reasons for, to get excited about what the Atlanta Braves are doing right now, T. I, for, I for one, think that they probably got one of the scariest lineups in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, have, I don't have a problem saying that at all, but I think that over the, if looking up, looking out over the weekend, T, what was, was your biggest uh, biggest takeaway from this Washington National Series? Big bats are back. Oh, so yeah. what oh, you yeah. saw in spring training, if you were thinking that was just a spring training thing, think again. So I yeah. really love the big bats, and I always love when we see things like a Ronald Acuna Jr. leadoff home run. <sighs> And it was the contact. It was the power behind the contact with that ball. The ball got out so fast. Exactly. <laughs> that is, yes, yes. Rocket that shot. looks like the Acuna Jr. of old. So that was one of my yes. favorite moments. And if you're not going to do it at the plate, do it behind the plate, Sean Murphy. That arm, yes. that laser he threw to oh second base goodness. was unbelievable. Yes. And and if you're going to have a situation where you have to plug in a Jared Schuster and a Dylan Dodd this early. I really, really like the poise that Jared Schuster showed me. It kind of yes. reminded me of when Spencer Strider were getting jams last year and you forgot that he was that young, that he was a rookie because he found his way and reset pretty quickly. I felt like, yes, you gave up four runs, but you also lasted four and two thirds innings. So That's we gotta, huge. yeah, gotta give you yes. credit for that. So yeah, there, those are, and those are just three things that kind of jumped out at me where I was like, yes, Yes and yes. Yeah, the bats are back. Like, because 
I've, I've, I, coming into the season, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Matt Olson is going to have an MVP caliber type year. Like, I, I think he's done nothing but confirm that, T. Like, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride that wave. I think Matt Olson is, is due for a big yeah. one. I'm talking about 40 home oh. runs type situation. Yeah, it's and, 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 and if he does that and you going behind the guy and, and, and Ronald Acuna, like, if those both of those guys get forty home runs at the top of the order, I, like I would love to get some research on whether or not that's happened. If guys have been back to back forty home run yeah. hitters, like that would be something that'd, that'd be, be very good. interesting. And then interesting. that top of the order is can be it's going to be lethal. It's be not lethal. can be. Yeah. It's going to be lethal this year. Yeah. So yeah, super excited about the Braves and what they got going on. So we definitely. One more thing, Jarvis, I wanted you to just wrap up is I know you want to give credit to the Braves as well for Thursday's game because that was a game that wasn't won by the long ball. So yeah. again, we're always looking to see if the that's Braves different. can do it either way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a different piece. And when you think about, you know, not winning a game without hitting any home runs at all, that was what the Braves did. Like that, that's how they won games last year. So I, for them to win in a different style, I think having a different style of play to tap into when the bats aren't going like they, they should be, um, I think that's that versatility is going to matter. Like once you're 140, 150 games in, to win, and guys are going to be in slumps. That's just how baseball works. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that, and you know we'll keep you abreast of what's going on with the Atlanta Braves. But guess what? We got coming up next: the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, they got a win. Yes, they're a 500 team. But what was? The- how big was that win against the Dallas Mavericks? We'll talk about that next. And, yes, it's going to be some shaking some heads. Yeah, that's how, that's how it is when it comes to the Hawks. But first, we got to talk about FanDuel.com slash Locked On because it is the number one sports book in America. You guys rock with ATL Day Ones as the number one podcast in America. So why don't you go ahead and match that thing up and get with the number one sports book in FanDuel? Guess what? If you're a new customer, they got the no sweat first bet. And that's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. It's pretty simple. And if you're worried about the flugaziness and, you know, your information being passed around, FanDuel is safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about all that craziness and that flugaziness because they got you covered. So you can even bet on the same game. Parlays, you can even do points scored, threes made, all that stuff. Over-unders, money lines, they got Everything you need in order for you to win some money. So guess what, guys? Make sure that you go to FanDuel.com to get your no sweat first bet. That's one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That's FanDuel.com/slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yes, and if you bet that Luka Doncic and Trey Young would once again have subpar games playing one another. You were right. Because it's, it's a, you know, it's all, it's such interesting thing because it's like this marquee matchup, right? Yes. It's yes. always going to be Doncic versus Young, Young versus Doncic. But if you look at the backstory of those two playing against each other, they both typically have mediocre games when they play one another. And yeah. neither of them was really the story last night, save for, save for, Doncic maybe getting a foul and acting out, and it's like, see, Trey isn't That's the only one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what he does. Out, yeah, the Trey hitting the free throws. Yeah, fairly similar traits there. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's not let's not get it twisted. But what I did love is the fact that Dejounte Murray did Dejounte Murray things again. Mm-hmm. He reminded me once again that 
you can put him on your best player. You can put him on the opponent's best player and yeah. slow that player down. And, and that's what he did last night. And yes, like you said, we take nothing away from the 132 to 130 win because it was so very necessary. You hate that they almost blew a 15-point lead and had to get it done yes. in 53 versus 48 minutes. That was that shouldn't have that should not have been the nail biter, but we all know somebody's gonna get hot from the three. And they're going to torch the Hawks late. And usually it's an L, so we'll happily take the dub. And hey, Jarvis, 10 straight games, up, down, up, down, win, loss, win, loss. So it was nice to actually get one in the win column, especially after, well, two things. Number one, after they get blown out by the Nets on Friday. And number two, when the Raptors and Bulls win and they're on your heels for that yeah. eight spot and you are really in a situation of must win heading to Chicago tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things, and that game is going to be very important because when you yes. think about the win that they got against the, the Mavericks, it was even more – it was huger. I know that's not a word, but it because, you know, if they would have lost that game, they would have been in the 10th spot. Like, yes. And we know what that 10th spot looks like and how yeah. difficult it was for the Hawks to actually get into the playoffs, you know, to run into that buzzsaw that was the Miami Heat last year. But – to you know, them staying in that A spot is is is, is vital, yeah. um, because I think that you know them have another shot to take out the Miami Heat Indeed. and force them to go play another game, and you know and, and be sit, and sit for you know and sit and wait for the outcome of that that second playing game, and I think that yeah. that's important for the Hawks because they need that they need some level of confidence going in, especially when they get like going into the Bulls because they the Bulls have been. They've been coming around yeah. as of late, and yeah. we've talked about how similar those teams were when 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 they talked about like just the up and down inconsistencies. We talked mm-hmm. to that guy uh, Jason Goff before the season got rolling, so I think it's a it's a good thing that you know uh, that the Hawks were able to kind of find a way to win the game, you know, and that's the one positive light. But I think one thing that I thought was really funny to you, like. When, <laughs> when it was talking, the Luca is fat chance when he was at the uh, free throws, <laughs> I think that, that was amazing to me. Like, uh, because that oh, is like petty. the ultimate level oh, of petty. pettiness that I need when Luca comes into the building. Because you know, like you know, you know what the national media how they, how they feel about right. this whole trade situation. Like, yeah, yeah they they feel like the, 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 like the Hawks got, got duped, and, you know, yeah, they got duped and all that stuff. You know, I don't necessarily lean that way. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that I haven't been leaning that way, you know, yeah. in the past year or two or so, you know, a year and a half. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like whether they are, whether they got duped or not, I, I think that, you know, this is something that, you know, I feel like should be a, a, a heated rivalry. These yeah. guys yeah. should step up their games to, to, to kind of play. And I think Trey, he played okay, but he shot terribly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no, can't he, can't make an argument against that, but, um, but I think that is the actual the Hawks fans getting involved in the in the pettiness during the game too. I think that is something that I will absolutely love and I'll actually promote that mm-hmm. if you go out to State Farm Arena when uh, Mr. Luca comes into the building, yes, find something, find anything to root against this dude because we're I am tired of superstars from other teams coming into the arena and they're getting shown love. Like yeah. at least they pick one. 
You can show somebody love, but don't show all of them love. All of them like love, pick one right. and be like, man, I don't like this dude, and let's get this thing going. And I absolutely love the fact that they were chanting, chanting, Luca is fat. I got, yes. I got, I love it. And I actually <laughs> loved another player that I saw in the starting lineup because, of course, DeAndre Hunter's out. He's day to day, but yeah. he's out. He was out uh, for two straight games before the Hawks made that announcement. Sadiq Bay is yes. then inserted in the starting lineup, lineup and yeah. we talked about this on the hangout Friday. Yes. We mm-hmm. talked about where the, the shifts could be made. And one of the things that one of the guys that Chuckery pointed out is, in the course of that conversation was Sadiq. And so, you know, got a, a solid game from him. And also the bench mob just got to give them their credit because you're talking 38 points, 14 rebounds, three mm-hmm. blocks, a couple steals, uh, contributing, contributing, yes. making sure that they are part of the important stat line at the important time. So, of course, we know the majority of that came from Onyeka Ogagu yes, and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but still, you need to get that type of productivity, and hopefully you get it on the road as well because you're going to need all of the bench to step up, and you're going to need the starters to step up. I imagine Sadiq Bey will still be in the starting lineup tomorrow. Because, That's really should. Yeah, I don't, exactly. <laughs> I do not expect DeAndre Hunter to miraculously come back from those injuries, but I will tell you, and this is a little bit off the beaten path, but when we started talking about this Friday on the Hangout and we began to talk about who was kind of on the hot seat as a player, DeAndre Hunter, this was probably not a good time to have an injury. T, like, that's been something that I've been thinking about when we talk about the reconstruction of this roster and we know that it's coming. It's coming. And I, and I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, trade, trade. No, that ain't they ain't going that far. <laughs> like, it's going to be some tweaks to this starting lineup. The starting lineup is going to look different next year. And I think that we we started with John Collins, and I think that the other guy you have to have it, and and it's got to be DeAndre Hunter because at the end of the day, like Sadiq Bay can be the cheaper version of that, and I, and I put an argument up against. Sadiq Bay probably being a better three-point shooter, and that's yeah. that's what they yeah. need. Yes. That's what they need. And he's a willing defensive player, you know what I mean? Yeah. So and I say he's the greatest, but he's willing. He's willing. He's, yeah. he's willing, that's you know. That was, a, that was a that was a big closeout against uh Luca right there yeah. on the last play of the game. Yeah. So I think that this is these are the conversations that we're gonna start having. And I and I really love like Dre. I know you like Dre, yeah. but like at some point, it can't be what his capabilities are. Yeah. Like what, we have to have production yeah. behind potential yeah. is a, 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 a word that has been used for this, for this organization and for this lineup for well too long, like one or two, two years too long. And I think that these are some of the guys that are going to be on that, on that block yeah. when it yeah. come uh, this off season. And I think it's going to be tough and it's going to hurt. You know what I mean? Cause I, I really like Dre. Like you said, yeah. he's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm cool the cover and everything like that but yes. at the end of the day it's all about what happens on the court and it just hasn't been there right and the thing about it is hey it could happen the same way for the hawks as it did with kevin herter right right when kevin yeah. herter goes and balls out in sacramento and they're up in what the four spot the four seed in <laughs> right. the west right. you know for the first but, time since 2006 they're exactly. in the playoffs like well, we gotta also remember like deandre uh excuse me De'Aaron fox is no joke De'Aaron fox just always needed some help right right so yeah. i think ultimately speaking let's not act like kevin herter turned that around by himself he got the compliment that he needed the aaron fox got the compliment they, they, it's a complimentary team but they had a young core already there exactly yeah, so yeah, yep yeah. they just needed one or two pieces to help them to kind of get over the hump if you will 
but they got over the hump. And now, Jarvis, you make a great point. Now that's where the Hawks are. The Hawks yeah. are the young team all of a sudden who can't get over the hump and need to make some adjustments so that they can get over the hump. But, hey, listen, if it's stressing you out tomorrow because you are wondering, mm-hmm. will they do it? Won't yeah. they do it? Are they going to have another one of these win-loss, win-loss, win-loss games at the worst possible time of a loss in Chicago? Get yourself a built bar. That's probably what you're going to need. Or if you're somebody who is thinking this game tonight might go down to the wire between San Diego State and UConn, get a built bar. Just go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and let us know which one is your favorite. It's a cool thing. Let us know about your team. And you might be among the 50 listeners who actually are able to win a box of built bars, which is cool. You might like chocolate. You might like churro. You might like puffs. I say bar all the time, but you might like puffs. And one lucky winner will actually get boxes of built bars delivered to their home for 12 months how cool is that when you think about the fact that you probably need a healthy snack in your life you need a snack that only has four grams of sugar only has 130 calories is 100 chocolate real chocolate and gives you 15 grams of protein you're not going to miss with that so don't forget it's atl day ones all the time that should be your first stop but while you're at your browser and you're able to throw up another url make sure you go to builtmarchmadness.com Absolutely. Why don't y'all wait, y'all wait, no. Go ahead and jump on that deal right now as we speak. But T, you know, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. How about this, T? I as I was sitting watching the women's uh, final four over the weekend, I got a feeling of nostalgia, right? Because like, first of all, let me kind of lay out like my feelings about college basketball overall right now. I, I just I'm just not interested to yeah. be honest with you because yeah. you know when you go back to the old old days right I'm about to sound like an old fogey, but when you go back to the old days of the big name college coaches the big matchups the big or oh, we know exactly what type of style yeah. of basketball this team is going to yeah. play and then we know what big player they have that's coming in and they they've been established themselves within the the industry of of college basketball mm-hmm. and you know who they are and they've built something and they're working on something and and it's starting to come to fruition and you know that this is a young and up and coming team Mm -hmm. all those things are gone now like they're gone but when I was sat down and watched uh the final four for the women's team it came it started to come back because I know who Kim Mokey is I know Mm -hmm. who Don Staley is and when you're talking about Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and Mm -hmm. Flage and uh uh uh, Carson and you know Alexis Morris and all those players it just started to come it started to give me a feeling I was just like yes this is why I like college basketball and I and I hate the fact that it's been it's kind of leaving me but over the weekend T it came back it came back for sure yeah, it was exciting. And of course, I am the person who was rooting for Dawn Staley for so many different reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, she's just a class act and she's going to speak her piece regardless. So I can respect that. But unfortunately, didn't happen for the Gamecocks. So that left it down to LSU and Iowa. And I was rooting for my home team. Why wouldn't I? I mean, it's LSU. Oh, yeah. Of course I will. But I was also rooting for Angel Reese because I know what it feels like when a, an entity or a group of people or a population wants you to just sit down and be quiet, sit down yeah. and play ball. And when they use yeah. terminology that then vilifies you, and that takes away nothing from what Caitlin Clark was able to do on the court and what Iowa was able to do. But fair is fair. 
And if you're going to call out Angel Reese and call her out of her name, then I'm going to need you to call Caitlin Clark and everybody else out of their name for doing the same thing that don't that aren't people of color. Like, yeah. for real, for real, because this harkened back, like you said, the good is it took us back to the days when we could actually name players like Candace Parker comes mm-hmm. to mind. Like, that was exciting. Speak with Holes Claw. Yes, like, these are like Maya yeah, Moore. Like, Maya Moore. And ballers. Like, yeah, like <laughs> folks that we were waiting for their time to get into the league so that, you know, they made the WNBA what it is today. Mm-hmm. And I believe Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese could potentially do the same. So that's exciting. And Aaliyah Boston, please don't forget her. Yes. Although it did not get, she didn't get to the final. Please don't forget what a, what a baddie she is. But ultimately it comes down to this. Those are still young ladies and they deserve to be treated with the respect that you would treat any other athlete with. So the name calling that was done to the Gamecocks throughout the season, that was done to the Lady Tigers throughout the season, many of whom their players are women of color, and I find it very interesting, Keith Overman, that you would call mm-hmm. out Angel Reese the way you did. You call her an effing idiot. And where in the Sam heck of the world do you get off calling her an effing idiot? I got a problem with that. So she talks a little trash. Maybe she doesn't talk the way you want her to talk. Maybe she doesn't look the way you want her to look. But here's a news flash: If you go watch tape, you'll see that Caitlin Clark did the exact same thing. There was a whole special done on how cool she is with her taunt game. And I'm not mad at her because she's a baller and she backs it up. But what you're not going to be able to do is have different standards that fit your subconscious narrative. Because it's like my great-grandmother used to say, what's in a fella is going to come out of a fella eventually. So there it was. Yeah, and I think the 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 and I think a part of that is is a man is sitting up here and telling a woman how she should act and how she should govern herself. You know, when I'm watching you, like when I'm watching you, you need to act a certain way, you need to be a certain way, you need to be meek, you need to be humble, you know, like and dainty, you know, all of those things like and and it just like I said, it brings up bad memories. Like, you even go back to Don Imus and C.V. Stringer and those yes. Rutgers girls and how yes. they were talked about and how yeah, they were covered and how they were broadcast. Yes. Like, it's it's just, it's dirty to me. It and I think that, that and, the, and the, the gall of Keith Oberman, of all people, yes. to come out and say say something like that, it was just almost like, like dang, did somebody hack your account? And it was like, dude, what do you get off it to say that? So, and, and I think that I don't need to add anything else to that because I think you kind of, you laid it out perfectly. Like, like, dude, like you need to go really check yourself because I, I think that, you know, when you have people talking in this manner about these young ladies because they're being competitors, because like at the end of the day, and, and we, this kind of whole goes down to the whole equal, equal rights, right? Like, you yes. know, when, when it comes yeah. to women and, and, and men's sports, like let's cover the women's sports, just like we cover men's sports. Like yep. it's okay for a woman to go out and, and say, speak her piece and show emotion. Like they're playing a freaking basketball game and they're playing for a national championship. So yeah, emotions are going to come out. Yes. That people going to talk trash because they are, they're competing. And, and those are the, and the, you know what T and the people who have issue with it have mm-hmm. don't have a competitive bone in their damn body. Exactly. And that's at the bottom. And that's the bottom line when it comes to this type of stuff. And, and Keith Overman just revealed that. And, and I'm not shocked that he doesn't have a competitive bone in his body. And may I say this to wrap us up on a positive note, 
Yes. If you don't think that women should speak up and speak out for themselves and be the ones who not just sit at the table, but sit at the head of the table, Jasmine Carson, who dropped 21 points in the first half for LSU, is a McEachern Mm -hmm. grad straight out of Powder Springs. And guess who her athletic director is? My big sister, Soror Myra Kamis. So in case you were wondering what women should and should not do and can and can't do, Jasmine's AD is a female. And it's a whole lot of good things coming out of that athletics department at McEachern High School. Have a good day, Keith Oakland. And there it is. And we want to thank you guys for making ATL Day 1 your first listener today. Remember, why don't you go ahead and check out Locked On Sports today and make it your second listener today. It's free and available wherever you download your podcast. And last but not least, before we get out of here, and it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about in these past few minutes, make sure you guys share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.